Four Midwest Guys presents Rapid Reactions. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Rapid Reactions. Uh, we just got done watching the first three episodes of Star Trek Discovery. With me to discuss this is Brian Willenbury. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hey, you know, so we just got done watching this, Brian. Um, I really like Michael Barnum's character. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to actually have a... Um, not, not, not so much as a female lead in it, because we've seen that in other shows, but a Star Trek universe focused on one character almost it's one character and i think this is the first time like we have like a a star war or star trek anti-hero in a way she's because she's she's shamed kind of she's shunned yeah but she she was shunned because of something she she did she went against starfleet but because to save her friends Right. So it's, so it's one of the... Uh, I, she did it for the right reasons, correct. but still, everybody in the universe looks at her as... The mutineer. The mutineer. The original mutineer is the, what they call her. The it. first ever yeah. you know, Starfleet mutineer, which is an interesting take. Right, and this is this this whole series has taken place 10 years before uh, Kirk and Spock and the Enterprise, so they're trying to bridge that gap between um, Enterprise and... Um, the original the series. The original series. Yeah. Um, so... It's kind of hard to do that in today's day and age when you have the technology advances that we've already had from the 60s when the original series was out and still try to make it fit in. Um, how do you think they're doing so far? Well, originally when I first saw, I saw the series, I always thought, oh, okay, so this takes place between Enterprise and then the alternate universe that takes place in the Star Trek reboot movie starting in 2009. With J.J. Abrams. With J.J. Abrams' version. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, it's similar looking to J.J.'s movies. Uh, Yeah, I can see that. But you brought up a graphic that somebody had created, and it says that, no, that at least for the moment, Star Trek's discovery is in the original universe. Yes, running parallel to the J.J. universe universe, and the Mirror universe. In the Mirror, the Dark universe, Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, So that creates problems for me because you go from a very push-button, 60s-esque style futuristic view to a modern futuristic view. Uh, Yeah, that's going to cause some problems for me, I think, Um, just in how the ships are designed. Even the older ships, like the... uh, Because there was two ships in the series that they start with, the the uh, Shinju, and uh, then uh, we eventually go to the Discovery. And both of these ships are compared to the original Star Trek because, again, it's 60s style, futuristic style, looks far superior to what we saw in the original series. Yeah, the... um... I don't. I'm not. I'm not minding it as much because I look at it as, as being sci-fi, as being Star Trek. Um, to me, I've never had a problem with things not being canon. I'm looking at it as a new story being told that it just happens to fall into this other universe. Um, I can see where people would have an issue with it, mm-hmm. but then again, I mean, look at the kind of stuff that they had in the '60s of the TV show, and we already we have automatic open doors. Yeah, you know, we have. All this other equipment that right. essentially would be on these Star Trek ships, and now, like, how to make, the, how to bring in the new audience? Because those of us that have seen the other Star Treks, we are we know what happens in all those, and we've seen we're like, oh, that's awesome with space, and to keep keep our interest, keep our eyes on the screen, and also bring in that new millennial 
and lower age group, right? You know, try to get, keep their attention and bring them into the universe too. They had to go. Well, sure. In a different direction. It just makes more sense for me because I am a canon person, a continuality person, a person that looks at visuals and say it just would have been easier to stick it in the alternate universe. Correct, because there's not there, you don't have that Captain Kirk uh, ending that you have to hit. You know, you're not, yeah. you're not falling at a time. You can say it's ten years prior, but there's not really a... There's no set start point. Correct. Really. It's uh, so they can drag it if it's successful, like it it seems to be. They can drag it out for seasons instead of saying, "Well, we've only got you know, it's what ten years." Yeah, ten years. Which would be ten seasons, I guess, which would be significant. But still, you know, that's you, you're setting yourself in stone and saying that you're only going to operate from this point A to this point B and no further. So it, as it is, uh, but yeah, I, I really like the uniforms though. The uniforms are a nice transition because I'm in that whole canon thing because it's. It looks part Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise series, and looks part original series to me. I can see both. Right. It looks like they meshed the two, like it's yeah. almost going to transform into the other one. Right. Now, the one thing that I did find was kind of odd, um, speaking about canon, yeah. it doesn't bother me, but it might bother some. Um, their little insignia patch, yeah. the, um, what is it called? Yeah, the the Starfleet emblem. Yeah. 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 So um, that wasn't adopted by the Starfleet until... After Kirk's five-year mission, according to Canon, and <laughs> yeah. here, here everybody has it on. Has it on them. Even the prisoners. When Michael Bourne gets, when she's a prisoner, she has it on. Yeah. It, it. Well, we are. I guess in the they keep the, obviously history keeps getting re, rewritten, but we are at the point where the Federation does exist. Where in Enterprise, the Federation doesn't exist till the very end of the series. Up to that point, they're just an Earth ship, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they create. Obviously, the whole story of Enterprise is kind of how we got they got started at the very beginning and how they birthed the Federation from from that process. Right. So now, you know, I guess it makes sense to have a, a at least some kind of an emblem for for uh, for the Federation. Right. Bottom. So another thing that I really like about this show, um, it's it's a TV show on a, on a on a multi billion dollar uh, movie production yeah. uh, salary there. Um, yeah. On a budget, it is just crazy to watch these the special effects and how mm-hmm. everything looks seamless. Yeah. Um, when the, when the when the ship gets hit with the uh, the Klingon um, torpedoes or whatever Proton it is, torpedoes, it go, yeah. goes straight through the hull, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the the shield you yeah. can see the shield form the same. Yeah. as... I mean that's awesome. Like that's just, that, that yeah. kind of stuff on a TV show is unheard of. Yeah, we. I mean, we got glimpses of it at maybe very early on in Next Generation with certain scenes, but I think that's the first time we've seen it like on a ship basis outside of the movie field. You know, outside of the movie world where the production level is higher. Right. Uh, but yeah, on the small screen, yeah, it is very cool to see. They got not only do they have they're bringing in modern technology, you know, as far as visual effects are concerned, but they're bringing in a new twist on some tech, future technology that we've never seen before in the Star right. Trek universe, which creates its own problems because it is before the original series. It is before next generation. And yet there's this new propulsion system right. that they're experimenting with. Spoiler alert, by the way, uh, if you guys haven't watched it yet, but yeah, oh, this whole thing is a spoiler. Alert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, that it's, uh, I like that. It's, um, it's real. It's it's return of the science to Star Trek. Not that I didn't like the J.J. Abrams movies, but J.J. Abrams has even said he's more of a Star Wars 
fan than he is a Star Trek fan, and he kind of made a Star Trek Star Wars movies, these last the, the two that he made. And this kind of returns Star Trek to uh, a little bit more science science fiction per se, because it is some wild stuff that they're. Oh, I mean, it's, with. it's it's fantastic. The stories so far have been great. Um, three episodes in, the next one comes out this Sunday. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna bring something up for you. If you can tell me what you think, I was listening to a podcast Jason Inman was on. Okay. Um, he's on Collider and he has his own YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought up and he said, you know. A lot of the reaction to the original pilot, it was the only one aired on TV. Right. And it was, people saw it and they were um, turned off by it and they said it was too slow. Okay. And I told you guys, like you, I said you guys, I mean you and all all of our friends. I said, um, you know, after we watched, after you watched the first one, you have to watch the second one because it feels like it's a two-parter. Yeah. Right? Right. And it is. Uh, But they're only allowing us to watch it on CBS Access. Right. Exactly. Um. So, watching watching the way these these three episodes have unfolded, um, Jason brought up a good point. Wouldn't it have been better to have episode three because of how wild and crazy it was? Wouldn't it have been better to have that be the pilot episode and then have it be a flashback sequence to what happened to her? To what happened to her to cause her to be in that situation? Yeah, I, you know, I can definitely see that argument, and I almost agree with that, because at least you would be on the ship, the Star Trek Discovery ship. You wouldn't be on the Senju, uh, Senshao, yeah. whatever. Senju. Senju. And, uh, yeah, so it would have been less confusion. You would have established that, yeah, she's in trouble. You knew it was going to happen, but you still don't know why at the start, and that would explain the whole thing. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I think it would have been better. I think the third episode would have made the better pilot with the flashback sequence in it. Now, I mean, even even besides that, CBS is reporting that they're having record numbers of people signing up well, sure. for CBS All Access. It's the first Star Trek TV show since Enterprise, and that's been at least, what, almost 10 years. Yeah, and, yeah. and on top you of know. that, people didn't really need to pay for CBS All Access. Because mm-hmm. really, I mean, granted there are some shows on there, but yeah. nothing that is solely... Proprietary, right? On yeah. that, they, people could watch it on TV. They could watch the reruns, whatever. Right. Um, do you think that a lot of sh- a lot of shows are going to go this route now? I think a lot of the networks will now because there's more money to be made, and that's that's not a good thing for us. Um, it, uh, you know, and I granted the medium is changing, and like Netflix is changing the game, and they they really they're the groundbreakers. And they oh, and they're going to raise their prices next. They already like, yeah, it's already started. So well for their current users. So you're tell so what's going to happen is okay. CBS has Star Trek. Well, ABC, which is owned by Disney, is going to do a Star Wars series, and that's only going to be on their content. So now I've got to haul out another ten bucks. But they haven't said that yet. But that's more likely where it's going to go. Right, but Disney's coming with their right. own streaming service. Right. So that's what I'm going to have to do. So now instead of having one satellite system where I play a flat fee for all my channels and have a DVR set up to record all this stuff. Now I'm going to have to have individual apps, individual programs, and individual bills for every one of these apps so that I can see these shows that they're producing and that I want to produce. All right. Well, let's hope it doesn't go that direction. Uh, Brian, so I want to wrap this up kind of quick. Okay. Um, what is one of your favorite things about this new series? I love the face. I love the fact that Jason Isaacs is the captain. Mm. I really liked him. He usually plays the bad guy. True. Um, so it'll be interesting to see him play a captain, and it's interesting. I think them. They're right now. They left off 
episode three the way episode three ends. He's almost being played up like a mad captain or a mad scientist. I agree. Captain. I agree. He definitely seems that way. Yeah. Um, I, I would have to go with um, the special effects are just knocking it out of the park for me. I love the way the new ship is designed, too, with oh, the, yeah. the outer disc and the inner disc. Yes. Um, like a space station almost looking. Yeah. Cool. Well, one of the one of the things that from the other, other shows was when, when they're going through... Um, and they're trying to, you know, you're trying to get the, the grasp of how big this sh- ship is or whatnot. Um, the only the only rooms in the whole place that have windows are on the outside, right? So all the in- you don't really realize how many rooms there are. Right. But by adding an inner disc and an outer disc, yeah. they were able to put windows on everything. So you don't have, like, skylights or whatever like they did on Next Generation. Right. They, you actually have windows for walls, and you can see how massive this place is. Right. I, I really like that aspect of it. I think it would be cool if they start rotating that. That'd be kind of cool. Like it start moving. Well, you know what I was wondering yeah. is, I, I was wondering if the reason why they do that is because they have experiments in certain parts, mm-hmm. and they can eject the outer. Well, that could be too containment. They can, yeah, they can eject the outer disc. I could see that. I could totally see that. Yeah, That'd be pretty sweet. All right. Um, you got you got any, you got anything else you want to talk? Not right now. I think okay. you know we're three episodes in, and uh, you know there's not much else to talk about. And it is just a quick recap. So let's uh, move right into final thoughts. Yeah, let's do some final thoughts. Copy that. All right, Brian. So, on a uh, on a scale of one to five starships, <laughs> all right. How, how many starships would you give the first three episodes we've seen so far? Uh, you know, the first episode it's kind of a two parter. So, yeah, I, I, if I had to put all three together real quick, I'd give it like let's give it a uh, eight out of ten starships, or maybe warp factor eight. Ooh, warp eight. Warp eight. Warp eight. Yes, yeah. I, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm thinking eight point five nine. I mean, this is really to me, it really kept like I wish that they would have done it um, all at once so we could binge watch it. Oh yeah. I mean, I know yeah. why they didn't because they want people to pay for their service Subscribe. month after month. Right. Um, you know, some people may pay right at the end. Yeah. And then binge watch once, so they only pay. They only they do they get that free week that CBS offers. That could be. Yeah. Um. Or you know. Or if they if they just did or they've released that episode every three days or something, what I don't like is the fact that they have to. They're only doing one one a week. Yeah, the the nice thing about the online uh, is that you don't have to you don't have to wait. That was always the, the the big thing that they took away from it. So yeah, yeah. But I, overall, it's a great series, and I, I I can't wait to watch more of it every week. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. So for uh, myself and Brian Willenbrink. Yes, sir. Uh, us here at Four Midwest Guys are um, going to talk to you next time. I don't know if we're going to do one every week for for Discovery. We might do one every couple episodes. We might do one once a week. Maybe. But this has been Rapid Reactions, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>